Mobile apps and RFID, a tale of two texts. Uh, first up, a little bit about myself for those who don't know me. I am Nick Mondalison, Director of Battle Security along with Ratu. Um, we are basically one of the independent security assurance providers in New Zealand. We've got about 11 staff, offices Wellington and Auckland, and I've been doing this for a long time. Um, and I'm sick of web applications, so I try to present on something interesting. So, what have I presented on in the past? Um, two recent ones that I've presented on. One is the um, OWASP, where I did a talk on uh, mobile applications. And the other one was KiwiCon 2009 when I did smart, smart card security. Now, both of these are sort of emerging, um, emerging technologies, and so you're seeing a lot of presentations that sort of thing on. Um, and so they interest me because, you know, that's something different to web apps. I hate, you know, bloody XSS. I've had 12 years of it now, so I'm kind of over it. Um, and so I want to do something else. Um, and these are converging, so that's good for me since I've been playing with both of them. So, quick uh, thing, NFC, RFID, imagine they are exactly the same word. Basically, NFC is a subset of RFID and uses a, only a single frequency, and NFC is the new hip word, but it's really just RFID. So I will swap between RFID and NFC, but it's all the same thing, so don't worry about it. But in a mobile world, uh, they call it an NFC. So, you now have NFC in your phones, right? So you're starting to get your little phones. This is a Google Nexus One, uh, that's a, a Nexus S, um, which was the first Android phone to get a chip. Um, you've got Android, Blackberry, Nokias. You've got cases for iPhones that have chips in them, and it's rumored for iPhone 5. Mind you, iPhone 5 is rumored to be iPhone 4S, and so who knows what the rumors are talking about. Um, but there will be, at some point, NFC in iPhones as well. So. Chances are, in the next two years, you will have a phone with NFC in it if you upgrade your phone or if you like Ratu in a couple of months because he changes phones about once a month. <laughs> so, NFC and Android. Basically what you've got is in the phone, you've got you know, obviously your chip in there, you can interact through APIs with the chip, uh, with the reader. Um, it's been pushed quite heavily with Google, I've been in their presentations about it. They talk all about the peer-to-peer -peer app um, abilities of the NFC. Um, so you'll see some of the things that are pushing an ice cream sandwich, which is a stupid name, but never mind, um, is the um, peer-to-peer ability for your NFC. So what you can do is you, if you want to share a URL, you go, hey, let's transfer it, put your phones together, transfer the URL. If you want to share a contact details. Basically, anything you used to do over the um, infrared, which you know, all the phones used to have, which was really cool tech back then and is now not because it's no longer hip, Right. Rather than having to point it at people, you now have to put your phones together and do it on an NFC. So that's what they're pushing. So, um, but it's starting to be monetized. So you have things like Google Wallet. You've got PayPal um, P2P transfers. So you know you have a PayPal account. You can take two phones, put them together. Suddenly you pay the guy. Um, you have a whole bunch of other things. And this is you're going to see a lot more of this um, coming up very shortly about monetizing the NFC. So what have you actually got? In the phone, you have two components. You've got the NFC reader. Now, this is a PN544 chip from NXP, um, and you have documented APIs to use the reader. They've released everything for that. You can go online, you can find out all the information you need. You can use that as a standard reader through your jar and all that sort of thing. As well as the reader, they have the NFC chip. Now, this is what they um, haven't documented, um, but what it is, is it's an embedded smart, smart index dual chip and you've got a MyFair 4K, and you've got a secure element um, on the chip. Now, um, this is to be able to, rather than just reading stuff from your phone, this is to be able to turn your phone into a uh, smart card itself. 
Um, that is, yeah, at the moment, not very well documented. Um, pretty much, you know, you're, you're having to reverse the, the APIs and things like Google Wallet and that sort of stuff to be able to get access to, um, to what you can do through there. Um, I'm going to run through most of my stuff on the, on the reader side, and then I'll cover off the chip side a little bit later. So, what's the good? The good is, we now have an RFID reader with mobile internet access in your pocket. Right? That's cool. So, what can I do with it? Um, the first thing I wanted to do is, um, for those who don't know, you know, I sort of play around with Snapper and that sort of stuff. Um, and so the first thing I wanted is I wanted to be able to read the balance of my Snap Guard off my phone, because that's easy, right? That's nice and fun, and I can just check my balance to make sure I need to top it up. And that was fine, but it was on my phone, I can't demo it very well, because you can't really see a screen on the phone. Um, so instead of doing that, what I thought is, can I read it across the network instead? So what I did is I created a little app for the phone, um, which would read the card, take a request from somewhere else, and, um, uh, and deliver it over the, over the net. So, my first, let's see what I My first little demo is just getting the balance of the snap card. So all you do is you clip up on here, and it listens for connections, and then you get your phone, and my God's willing, you get a balance of your snap card, you can see that out the back, is that screen size big enough hopefully? Basically you get a, a balance, over, so that's going over the wireless network from your RFID card, cool right? So that's, that's good tech. Um, for anyone that has done um, any kind of um, RFID, who has done some RFID research and played around? Hands? Yep. How many of you used RFID when you've done it? Right? At least a couple, some. There's RFID, it's one of the tools by Adam Laurie, um, and it's a very handy, basic Python toolkit for, for playing around with some of the RFID stuff. Uh, I've used it quite extensively in a lot of, a lot of the stuff that I've done, you know, use it on the jobs and everything. Um, so I thought what would be cool would be to turn my um, phone into a mobile RFID reader so that I could use RFID in Python because I hate Java and I hate running Java apps. So I don't actually want to write an app for the phone. Well, I don't want to write a complicated app and have to debug it on the phone. So I figured instead I'll just make it into a network client, be able to get, the, get to that from Python, um, and then I can do what I want from there. So what I did uh, is I wrote a little app. Um, called uh, Hi Android, which is essentially a um, RF idiot. Uh, so it's a Python code that takes my. Um, I have a Java application on the phone, which accepts, it reads a card, and then it uh, makes a connection across the network, and then accepts the APDUs. Now, an APDU is the uh, command for a smart card. So when you ask a smart card something, you send an APDU to it. So this accepts the APDU over the network, runs that APDU on the card, and then sends the response back over the network. So I can do this, uh, rather than just doing the snap stuff, I've just written a quick one, which basically I can connect up. Turn my snap card again. Yeah, it sits like that. And you can see that it's given me the UID and it's suddenly waiting to be read. Um, and then I can just pump, and this is what an APDU looks like. This is a, um, a ISO 144443 compliant APDU, and I can pump that in there, and then you can see here that I'm getting data back. So that data is coming back from the snapper card, coming across the wire, and coming into my into my phone. Um, so now that I've written that, I can do stuff like read, uh, do any of the other things that you can do in RFID. So I can read passwords, passports, for example, across the network. So does anyone in the audience have a passport I can read? Oh, look. Hey. <laughs> so, 
is I can simply read the passport and that waits for the device and then I can take the phone up and then I can sit the phone there and of course I can be walking around wherever I want and you can see that this is now reading, this is reading the, uh, the face recognition off the passport and if I just give it a little bit. Now the, the, the lack of speed here isn't actually the, um, the wireless protocol, it's actually the RFID it does a bit of slow. Right? And there you go. So that's pretty cool, right? That, that, that's, that's fun tech, okay? That, that's, that's, that's good stuff, you know, that, that's, that's something we can do for good. <laughs> what about that? So, now we have an RFID reader with mobile internet access that no one will notice because everyone assumes you're going to be carrying your phone around, okay? What did I do? I wrote the world's first mobile PCI compliant credit card skimmer. <laughs> So, uh, anyone who, how many people here are on the list of um, iCyclist? Yes, we've got at least a few, right? Debates about PayPass and all that sort of stuff. How many here know what PayPass is? Most of you, for those who don't. PayPass is basically the credit card protocol for the tap and go. You would have seen at ANZ and everything like that presenting it um, for the uh, World Cup so you can tap it along and you can do a credit card transaction without actually having to swipe your card or do anything like that. Right, so it's just a smart card in your credit card. Your credit card is now a wirelessly uh, compliance device, uh, which means that I have a PCI skimmer that this sits, and I can even show you in a wallet. You're walking around with your phone, you tap the phone to the wallet, you get a number. PCI compliant credit card number. Um, so that um, the number there is the actual credit card number. I'm the one that's exited out just because I don't want to put my credit card number up on the stage. <laughs> so what my, what my tool is actually getting, yeah, the full credit card number with the full expiry. And I can walk around and tap that as many times as I want down a street, right? And it's just going to, I know that went wrong, God damn it. Always does. But you can see that I can, um, don't debug my tools. Um, but the, I can now walk around the street and my phone is now yeah, a wireless device. How many people have you know, wallets in their pocket you can just walk around with a phone? It's a lot more inconspicuous than me running wires up and down into a laptop and walking around like that, right? And so it's not the... The ability to do this has always existed because of RFID. But now you've got an form factor that no one is going to notice. Right? Everyone's assuming that you're going to be carrying a phone around. And phones and wallets tend to go together. Go together. What about the ugly? <laughs> now, I can go around you know, manually, and there's only one of me trying to tap everyone's uh, backsides, right? <laughs> but, everyone hears about you know, Android malware, the lack of updates on phones, and all that sort of stuff, right? What if I put this tool on everyone else's phone? Right? Where do you keep your phone? You keep your phone in your pocket next to your wallet, right? So I can put malware on everyone else's phones and they can read all the credit cards for me. So I can sit there on the internet and then away you go, there's all the credit cards being read off everyone else's phones. The other cool thing is, so I can, I can read a credit card, right? I can get the credit card number off. I can't actually do a transaction yet, right? I don't have the, um, I don't have the, the, the crypto, the PKI keys to, to do a transaction. I can only just read the publicly available data. But what about man in the middle? Because right? that's one thing that, that RFID doesn't protect about very well. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about 
a credit card, placed next to a phone, across the internet, onto another device, and onto a PayPass. Right? So that you can, I can read a phone out of someone's pocket, someone else can go and pay with that credit card down the road, across the world, wherever they are. Okay? So what I have done is I've implemented that. Uh, so for this demonstration, I am just going to swap the, I um, obviously don't have a PayPass terminal. If I actually had more time, I probably could have gotten one, but I won't. Um, so I'm going to use, uh, anyone who's done other re uh, research generally will see things like an OmniKey uh, reader, which is a fairly standard reader, um, and a TikiTag reader. Now the cool thing about TikiTags is that you can emulate cards with them, so a lot of researchers use those as well. And if all goes well, we plug this one in, and we plug this one in. So, now this failed this morning, so I'm praying that it doesn't. Now, so, uh, alright. So, what I've got is, uh, on the little app that I wrote, um, I just have a little file on here that points to the IP address that it's going to try and connect to. Um, so what I'm doing is I'm just swapping this now to talk to the um, IP address on the Linux box rather than on the Windows box. So it's going to talk to my little man in the middle, and then the Windows box is going to be the device that, um, that reads that. So, take the command to read that. Pop that in that window. Okay, that's waiting for a connection. Uh, I'm going to use... Passport. This one. Okay, so we have that over there. We have that sitting on top of the passport. That's got a read. Over here you'll see that that's waiting for emulator activation. I'm going to pop the emulator on the reader. You can see here, right, so what this is doing, this is on the, um, it's on the Linux kernel console, because I've got of ECSH into the Linux box, so I'm seeing the Linux console of all the APUs now that are going between myself and them. Uh, so, I can now read that uh, passport from the OmniKey. That fucking dies. No, it doesn't. Oh, it's just taking its time. It was tempting me. So, what I can see here, in the background it's reading the file, in the foreground, this is all the APDUs that are getting sent to and from the, um, the device over the wireless network. Um, and so I can obviously log that and do whatever I want with it. I can manipulate, I can man in the middle, you know, I can change any of that data whatsoever. Um, but the guy at the other end, the guy who's reading the, the, um, the passport, um, obviously doesn't see anything wrong with it. And once that hits, we get the pop-up of the passport again. Alright, so what that's done is that has, if we look at this diagram, that's gone rather than the, the PayPass, I've just used the passport for this demonstration. You've got a passport from the phone going over the mobile network into the Linux device, which is then being used to do whatever you want. Now that's cool, but a merchant is going to kind of be a bit wary if you rock up there with a the Linux device in your pocket with a cable coming out of your hand and you're trying to do this sort of stuff, right? So what do you want? In the future, what you really need is you want full card emulation off a phone, right? You need to be able to emulate from there. Now, I haven't got that working yet. Right? I can't, can't show you that because I, I haven't done it. Uh, people are working on it. The more apps 
that are going to use RFID and, and NFC, the, um, the more likely this will get opened up, so such as Google Wallet Kitching and that sort of stuff. But that's essentially what we need to get to, right? So we're going to get to going from a phone to a phone onto a pay pass. Because when you start implementing things like Google Wallet, right, people are going to assume that you're going to use your phone to pay. So you walking up to a terminal with a phone is going to be normal practice because that's what the whole system's designed to do. It's designed to put your credit card onto your phone and pay for it. That's what they're telling you to do. So this is going to look absolutely no different than a standard, um, than a standard payment. So what about those payment apps? How many here have heard of Kaching? Aussies in the room? No? Some? Any? Pat? Um, Kaching is, what is it, CABs? CBAs? Yep. Um, this is their payment thing where you can pay by, was it, pay by Facebook and email, which I find very scary, but I'll ignore those, uh, and pay by iPhone, right? Um, and Google Wallet, everyone's heard of Google Wallet? Yes, hopefully. Google Wallet is pretty much, you upload your, um, your credit card into your Google phone and then that's your credit card and you go around and, and tap everything and you pay, pay just like the pay passes um, and you tap and go. Um, so what these essentially are is a, someone taping a credit card to your phone, right? Um, and in fact, with something like Kaching, when you're talking about the iPhone, it's not so much taking a credit card, but you actually have to use a separate device to do it, right? And so they actually plug something into the iPhone down the bottom and use that. Now, the reason they do that is, um, well, one, because the iPhone doesn't have any NFC yet. But um, you know how I talked previously about the, the two sides? You've got the reader and the writer, uh, the reader and the chip side, right? So those chips are uh, on the phone. Uh, the keys are only maintained by Google or the manufacturer, okay? You as developers or anyone else wanting to look at this, do not have access to those secure components on your phone. It is not your hardware, right? It's their hardware. So for the purposes of security, you get no more access to that than you do to your standard credit card, which you can read with an RFID reader, right? So there's no application that sits on your phone that, that holds your credit card data that is then used through the reader to emulate or anything like that. There is actually a, a chip that is installed in your phone that you do not have access to, that, um, that then the payment card industry pays Google for access to, uh, to gain access to load something into your phone that they can then use to pay. Which means that it's really annoying because no one else can get access to that unless you pay Google. Right? And this is how they're gonna monetize the, um, the uh, NFC. Right? This is why they're pushing it so hard because they can actually get the uh, uh, money transfer through that. But what you can do, is you can read from that chip as if you were an RFID reader, right? So there are APIs to be able to talk to the readers, talk to the chip as if you were going across the, the wire, across the wireless, but you're obviously wired. Now, the reason that's interesting is because I talked about loading malware onto other people's phones so that when they touch their wallets to their phone and you're gonna get, uh, steal that data, right? What happens if now the chip is in the phone, right? You no longer need to worry about trying to have connectivity between the phone and the uh, credit card when you're trying to do something malicious. The phone and the credit card are the same device. They are always connected. Which means that if you can get some malware onto one of these things that's um, when you need it, is going to perform a man in the middle or some form of attack, you could have a pool of these, uh, this malware available and just use whichever one is available when you go to tap your phone and pay. So you're removing the requirement for someone to sit there with their 
phone connected to a, to a car because it's the same device. So there are still security issues with this thing, but it's not with the chips themselves. It's primarily with you know, the, the fact that you can actually now read those chips from the device um, and man in the middle of them, but you can't actually get any further access than that. So, what can you do? Um, well, actually, now your, your phone is a wirelessly malicious device. You know, there's now this, this sort of area around someone's phone that you have to be wary of as to where it goes and what it does and how close it gets to you and that sort of thing. Uh, you've got RFID blocking wallets and some of them work. Um, obviously, you can regularly check your bank statements and all that. Remember that you know, most banks guarantee you. And frankly, if you're at a pub, the most likely chance is that someone is going to steal your wallet and just nick your money. Right? So, at, at, at the moment, this isn't a big threat. Um, but I think as these things get rolled out more and more, and I think the biggest threat here is actually the malware. Is, is having, having something on your device that is going to read these things out of, out of your pocket. Um, so I think, and I think we'll see more of that in the next couple of years. So, uh, releases the tools. Uh, by tomorrow, I'm going to release the uh, APK plus the source for the, um, for the, uh, uh, the application. Uh, I'll release the Pi Android and the RF Idiot patch so that you can do that at home. I'm not going to release the credit card skimmer, and, <laughs> and, and I won't release the man middle code. Um, and uh, Adam's going to upload the patch to RF Idiot shortly, hopefully as well, so you'll be able to get all that stuff from there. So there we have it. Have you learned something?
to do that sort of thing. I haven't seen anyone implement it. So it's not implemented in the assets profile? No. That's stupid. <laughs> That's probably why they haven't included it. Repeat that. Uh, so you just said uh, the what are they? What's the actual distance bounding protocols? He said they work very well in the lab. In the real world, they tend to break down, and there's just too many uh, variables to actually get those, those protocols working. Uh, hence, why no one's actually implemented them for real. Yep. Um, have you seen gadgets for detecting RF readers? Um, yeah, there are, you, I have actually seen little, um, uh, little help gadgets and stuff, so yeah, you can get those. Do you want to be carrying around one of them with it you? It goes beep when someone reads. Pardon? It, would it be practical to have something that just goes beep when there's a reader around? Yeah, but you'd probably be beeping a hell of a lot these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the ones that they were working at DEFCON, I don't know if they did it this year, is they were planning on, um, on antennaing a door. So that basically you just read every single card that could walk through the door and just grab maybe every time you went through. Yeah, yeah, so so like this here you um you, you do need to have your phone unlocked. Um, but if you've got low enough level malware, surely you can unlock the screen or turn it on or do. Um, I, haven't, I haven't played with it, so I don't know how easy it would be to get around that um, that mechanism. Um, for well, it's not going to stop me reading your card, right? Because I'm going to unlock my phone before I do it. Um, and if you think about the uh, when you're having the credit cards on the chips that's in your phone, uh, if you think about that in a mess environment, you're still going to get enough people that have their phone unlocked at the time you want to use it. You know, so if you, if you talk about some you know, mass population, uh, you'll, you'll still be able to implement something to get around it anyway. So, yeah, I mean, it, it'll probably work on one-off cases. I don't know if it's scalable to actually stop attacks against it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, the, the the phone itself, the uh, it's it's not a it's not a huge range. But I was reading through my wallet, right? So so it's not cards right up against it. It was actually going through the wallet, fine. But I find I pretty much need it on the wallet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was standing beside them at the bar. Okay, like rugby world cup, right? How close would people have gotten in all those queues walking around, you know? Like, you, you would have been able to get a lot of reads on that. I think uh, subways, right? Uh, London subway, yeah, buses, anything like that. There's, there's enough instances of social interaction that would allow you to get a good read without being all gay. <laughs> But you can probably build a form factor. I mean, I'm sure you can get a, a Chinese-made phone that's got enough space that you could probably fit some decent antenna into. Right. That, more power, and then yeah. the range. Yeah. And, and I think that the max range, um, there was an RFID uh, range competition at DEF CON, and they were getting meters, not centimeters, out of the devices. Um, so, you know, the, the, there is, because you know how they've got the, um, they've also got like the Bluetooth and the, the other, the wireless range stuff. They've now got a, an RFID range composition, and, and it was in the meters.
Ten feet. Yeah, that, that, that's one of those hyper-terrorism threat things that, oh, well, you can tell whether or not it's a US passport or New Zealand passport because they've got slightly different signatures, and therefore you can hook a bomb up to detect a US passport and explode when someone, when a US guy walks past, and it's... <laughs> yeah, no. They, they, they made a video about that, right? They had this guy walking past these things, and, you know, and, yeah. Talk of, of the ability to toggle the NFC on and off so that it's only on when you want to make a transmission to reduce the wind. Yeah, so I mean, my phone has an on and off button for the NFC. Okay. The problem is, if you need to do that in an application to get your application to work, then my malware can do that in the application to get the application to work. Fuck. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so, so some, of the, some of the reasons why Kaching and uh, Google Wallet and all that sort of thing need the APIs to talk to the card, right, is because you actually have to have the application open to have those to work because they talk to the card and turn the card on and off when they do it. The problem is it's still, you're still in application land, right? So my malware can still do exactly the same thing. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and welcome to Cancer Land. Yeah, I mean, um, that's, you, you have anti-collision in most of the RFID um, specs that have, have anti-collision uh, built-ins that you can read multiple cards and, and decide which card you want to interact with. Um, so they've already thought about that with people holding up wallets, um, so they've already done all that for you. So you get both of them. Yeah, so you can get both and choose one, which one you want. Yeah, how are we going? Yeah, one more question. Nick, this special relationship, obviously, between Google and the credit card providers, Yeah. Then charge the credit card providers, so the credit card providers can charge you. Yeah. Does that does that put Google into a different sort of a legal position? Does it make the credit card provider? Does it give us some sort of uh, statutory rights uh, and limitations about uh, over there? Yeah, I mean. Short answer is probably no, because I'm sure they have lawyers up the wazoo. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it does put it into a position where you're buying a device, again, that you don't actually have full control of, um, and, and, and they're really limited in the market. Like I know organisations that want to play with this stuff, but you know, they can't get the commercials through Google, so they cannot get access to this sort of tech, um, and there are ways around that that, that people are working on. Um, but yeah, it's, I, don't, I don't, can't really comment from a legal perspective, but I know it just annoys me from a technology perspective that, that you can't access this stuff on your own phone. Alright, we're done. Cool. Thanks guys.